If you've been told to pull up your socks, then make sure it's a pair of TNT socks. The TNT shop is now open at tntradio.live. Tyler Nixon. Tyler Nixon. On today's News Talk, TNT. Welcome to the Tyler Nixon Show for February 20, 2024. It is a uh, is another another action-packed week here on uh, today's News Talk. Julian Assange is in the headlines and is going to be in the headlines here soon enough. And we are going to be covering that round the clock. I have a great guest coming up, uh, Jason Goodman of Crowdsource the Truth, a uh, very much in the uh, Assange strain of journalist. Uh, obviously, not on that level. Um, Julian is uh, a singular, uh, singular contributor, I think, to uh, to truth and to uh, to revelations of the the uh, corruption that we see in our governments. Uh, across the globe and uh, but jason nonetheless is a truth teller and has, has dug into and uh, unearthed quite a bit of corruption actually and has been targeted for it we'll be talking about uh, that with him a little later in the uh little later in the show um i wanted to actually uh, there was a letter released uh, that i find very interesting to uh, the attorney general of the united states from uh, no less than it looks like i think almost 40 law and journalism professors uh, actually, mostly law professors across the country from very prestigious. Oh, covering up the camera from prestigious universities across the country. And I wanted to uh, wanted to read this. It's on behalf of Julian Assange, uh, um, and it's. Uh, I mean, these these are these are uh, scholars. These are people who know the law, who study the law, who teach the law, and certainly know their uh, constitutional law. Uh, it's a shame that uh, the administration and and prior administrations don't seem to. Uh, don't seem to understand the First Amendment. Don't seem to uh, want to put Julian Assange into the proper context where he belongs, which is he's a mere journalist, a mere conduit for, uh, uh, frankly, the exposure of corruption uh, within governments, uh, including and especially the United States government. And uh, I just I it, it shocks me, really, that the government of my country thinks that it's OK to persecute someone for revealing the fact that there have been criminal acts perpetrated by members of the government, whether they be rogue or otherwise. I mean, it seems to me that the fact that they're going after him so uh, viciously ratifies the fact that they are all criminals. I mean, what other than a criminal government ratify the criminal acts of, uh, of its own members and go after criminally the person who exposes it merely for the fact of exposing it? I mean, it's just, it's sick. It's perverse. It really is. I've always said that uh, how people think and how they view Julian Assange is a litmus test for their uh, for their ethics, for their character, for their ideology. Um, if, you know, if you're if you're hardcore against Julian Assange, you got to screw loose. You're part of uh, you're part of the problem. But I like to read this because I think it's a very um, very compelling and again sent to the Attorney General of the United States. Not that I expect Merrick Garland to do anything but be his usual. Uh, pathetic milk toast uh, police state sort of uh, wearing uh, you know a, a pol police state in a uh, in casual dress kind of guy I mean he he comes across as sort of diminutive and soft-spoken and almost like a little creaky in his voice like he's some sort of uh, like he's like he's your history professor you know intro to history professor in college but he's a very in my opinion corrupt and frankly evil individual uh with some of the decisions he's made and the and the uh the uh, prosecutorial judgments that have been made not the least of which is uh <laughs> just what's going on at the southern border and the uh the excusal of of the incredible violations of law occurring there not to and then suing texas 
for trying to simply protect itself and protect its borders and protect its citizens from this absolute invasion that's going on. Um, you know, these people are subversives. They're trying to take down the country. If you had any doubt in your mind about it, I mean, there, there are those of us who have been saying this for years, but we only went on the corruption and the, um, you know, sort of the, the, the profligate spending, the uh, funding of dubious organizations, but now they've just completely just taken down the country's pants, so to speak, and said, come on and just, you know, do whatever, have your way to everybody on the planet, anybody on the planet, unlike any other country on this, uh, uh, on on the globe uh, that that allows this sort of uh, absolutely unchecked ingress. In fact, facilitates it, uses its border agents as uh, as sort of a, a, a basically check in here as though it's like a you know free motel, uh, you know, charge by the hour uh, and and have your way. So yeah, it's disgusting. Uh, the undersigned law professor strongly urged the Department of Justice to end its efforts to extradite WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange and drop the charges against him under the Espionage Act. A free press cannot be made to rely solely upon the sufferance of government to supply it with information. And this is a quote from Smith v. Uh, Daily Mail, which is a uh, U.S. Supreme Court decision. Um, Accordingly, the Supreme Court has correctly and repeatedly held that journalists are entitled to publish true and newsworthy information, even if their sources obtained or released the information unlawfully. Journalists have relied on sources who broke the law to report some of the most important stories in American history. Uh, what comes to mind is uh, the Pentagon Papers, amongst others. And um, you know, this is a bedrock principle of our First Amendment that uh, you know, when you're reporting it, you're not the person who stole it. You're not the individual who... Uh, uh, is responsible for any sort of uh, law breaking. It doesn't matter that if, if the person who gave it to you stole it or, or committed any crimes to do it, uh, you have a journalistic immunity and the public has a right to see it and right to know it. I mean, it's just basically, it, it's it's the cornerstone of a free and transparent society uh, that is not run by a, a complete banana dictatorship that is uh, secretive and uh, you know, as John F. Kennedy said in his speech to the um, the uh, Broadcast Association, I believe in 1961, he was the very word secrecy is repugnant to those in a free society. Um, so uh, an application of the Espionage Act would prohibit them from doing so, uh, would not only deprive the public of important news reporting, but would run far afoul of the First Amendment. I totally agree. Um, that is why last November, editors and publishers of the New York Times, The Guardian, and other international news outlets wrote in an open letter about the Assange case that obtaining and disclosing to sensitive information when necessary in the public interest is a core part of the daily work of journalists. If that work is criminalized, our public discourse and our democracies are made significantly weaker. So just remember when they say they're protecting democracy and this is what they're all about. Uh, these, you know, when the, the fascist Democrats that are now running the show, uh, when they when they decide to stick it to Assange, uh, you know, just remember, just remember that this is uh, this is this is the core of democracy. You know, that they they are absolutely sticking the knife in the back of that which they claim to be wanting to protect. Additionally, top editors at the Washington Post, Wall Street Journal, uh, else probably the New York Times or USA Today and more have unequivocally condemned the charges against Assange as a direct threat to their own journalistic rights. The Obama-Biden DOJ recognizes much in declining to prosecute Assange, reportedly due to the New York Times problem, i.e. the lack of a legal basis to prosecute Assange that could not also be used to prosecute the nation's most recognizable newspaper. That was unfortunately less of a worry for the Trump DOJ, but should deepen concern, uh, deeply concern your office. 
And he's, you know, they're absolutely correct. This is this was a big failing, a huge failing of Donald Trump, a huge one uh, that he could have corrected. He could have pardoned Assange instead of rappers and uh, hip hop artists or whoever it was that he passed them out to. Uh, at the very end there, I mean, Jared Kushner pushing for those, you know, so he could uh, make his inroads into the uh, into the Holly weird uh, world of whatever have you, you know, entertainment industry, whatever his designs were. I know that we presented a uh, pardon petition for Abraham Bolden, uh, the first black Secret Service agent to uh, serve on a presidential protection detail uh, who was just grotesquely railroaded uh, in 1964 after the assassination of president kennedy and uh you know they didn't have time they didn't have time for that but they had time for you know whoever i don't even know i don't know enough about the uh, world of hip-hop rap or whatever to uh even name the names but i know there were certainly a number of pardons that came along that were uh far less deserved than uh certainly assange mr bolden and uh, edward snowden amongst others you know they could have been uh frankly deeply consequential um and really, uh, I mean, I think solidifying Trump as someone who is an alternative and a uh, sort of resistance to the tyranny leader on his way out the door. Um, and I don't know if it was bitterness or just that, you know, Jared Kushner wasn't, you know, was was not going to piss off or run afoul of the uh, the military industrial intelligence uh, complex establishment, whatever you want to call it. But um, I, I think that Assange is a particular case with the. Uh, uh, the the what they call the uh, the IC the intelligence community in the United States for some reason I, I guess it's just that he exposed them in such a glaring manner and just it, you know really just pulled the the uh, the cover back on the corruption to see all the the filth beneath the uh, you know beneath the veil I guess and they just you know it, it's like you could do anything you could murder people you could be any sort of uh, heinous criminal uh you know a serial killer really almost and they don't care as long as you know you don't you don't uh expose them for what they are but god forbid you run afoul of their schemes and you expose the truth about them boy you're you are public enemy number one and it's it's it really it speaks to the corroded character of that entire uh sector if not uh the entire sort of backbone of of, of what is now the federal government I wouldn't say our government because I really think they're so far afoul of the Constitution that they're not a legitimately constituted government, not to mention being led by a chief executive who's the result of a stolen or a uh, corrupt, defrauded election. Uh, but, you know, what do you expect when you keep uh, you keep abiding over the years? Uh, criminality, uh, corruption, these people getting away with with just uh, willy nilly, just running roughshod over any sorts of uh, barriers erected. Uh, to keep them within bounds, to, for example, to keep the CIA from do, uh, conducting domestic activities and getting involved in domestic political activities. I mean, unfortunately, it's like they're, they they don't even ask forgiveness, much less permission. And I feel like uh, they feel that the statutes and, and the laws of the United States and the rule of law is is something that's totally optional based on their agenda. You know, it's only an accident of uh, of happenstance if they happen to be within within the laws and obedient to the laws and uh, within the bounds of law, because I think otherwise they'll do whatever they want. And whether it runs across the lines uh, in, into the area of uh, either illegality or criminality or unlawfulness, I don't think it means a damn to them. I think they they you saw her. I mean, we all heard Christopher Ray, the head of the FBI, which is obviously not intelligence, uh, but I mean, same same deal with the DOJ and the FBI, just as corrupt. 
where he basically just admitted that in instances where there were, uh, it was called for, uh, they, they had to access information in their mass dragnet, which we seem to have accept everybody's data just being collected willy-nilly, um, that, that there were instances, I think 102 instances, uh, Mike, Senator Mike Lee uh, was grilling uh, Ray on the, uh, in the Senate uh, Judiciary Committee, 102 instances where they were clearly obligated, the FBI, to go and get warrants so they could obtain and access this information. And he said, how many times did you go and obtain a warrant? And I, I, if Ray answered at all, the answer, uh, regardless of whether he answered, was zero. So in hundreds of instances, they are there's no question under their, the uh, statutes, they are obligated to get warrants and they blew it off and they just went ahead and just accessed it and did what they're going to do anyway. You know, this is the problem with giving these people these, these uh, massive powers and these mechanisms and tools and creating this massive institution where they're all on board and it's they all have a, a stake in it. It's the most dangerous situation I can think of. I've always said that the only power that will not be abused uh, is the one that which is never conferred. And that's just... Uh, I mean, that's unfortunately the, 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 a, an axiom almost of history, uh, as in Lord Apton said, absolute uh, corrupt, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. But uh, just rounding out this before we uh, get to our guest, uh, Jason Goodman, uh, the Justice Department under your watch has spoken about the importance of news gathering and ensuring the First Amendment rights of reporters are protected. Even when stories involve classified information, you've also strengthened the Justice Department's internal guidelines in cases involving reporters. We applaud these efforts, but the prosecution of Assange under the Espionage Act would undermine all these policies and open the door to future attorneys general bringing similar felony charges against journalists. We hope respectfully urge you to uphold the First Amendment and drop all Espionage Act charges against Julian Assange. Sincerely, I don't know, 40 law professors and a few journalism professors thrown in there. So amen to that. It's I'm glad to see and I think there will be uh, an outcry, an outpouring in many ways um, that, that is not expected because uh, Assange has been sort of um, the whole issue of his treatment has been kind of on ice as he sat and rotted uh, in, I guess, Belmarsh uh, uh, prison there in the UK. Now it's going to be uh, sort of fired back up. And really, I guess if it had to if they had to uh, pick a time, I mean, I think in an election year is, is a perfect time for it so the American people can see how they treat uh, journalists, how they treat someone who exposes the corruption within. Uh, and, uh, you know, whether they extend the corruption and whether they compound it or whether they act to uh, to vindicate the First Amendment and, and vindicate essential rights that keep us as a free society uh, that uh, uh, allow journalists to publish and, and inform the public about what's going on with the government rather than just be uh, ciphers or uh, uh, hagiographers for propaganda state uh you know state uh, uh sort of teletype what do they call them uh, state uh, uh uh transcription artists whatever have you stenographers stenographers for the state um unfortunately i think uh you know the saddest part of it all i guess and i'll i'll sort of uh, end on this my uh is the fact that so many journalists or purported journalists and this is really where you see the, the uh where things have gone off the rails and where we're into the level of uh propaganda, pure propaganda um, that once was would have been shocking and rebuffed by most people in journalism, most people in the media and press. Now it's so absolutely ubiquitous and run amok that they have nothing to say in defense of Julian Assange. And in fact, in most cases, anything they do weigh in on from the legacy corporate media is to uh, is to side with the government and malign him as some sort of uh, terrorist agent of a foreign state. And it's uh, 
it's a sad state of affairs, but at least there are still people in uh, who are willing to step up as these uh, law professors are. As today's news talk, TNT is, uh, and we're broadcasting, uh, we're going to be having covering Julian's uh, hearing, and we'll see what happens there. It's going to be uh, it's gonna be an interesting road ahead. Biden, I think, could uh, he could really turn things around if he were to just suddenly pardon Assange. I mean, he would completely uh, uh, shake things up in ways that you probably couldn't even, we probably, I don't know. How, I mean, that would be a huge, huge thing. But, you know, Biden is nothing if not a predictable uh, demagogue and a predictable authoritarian uh, who will never do that. And uh, hopefully Donald Trump will. Either way, we pray for Julian Assange's uh, liberation sooner than later. Uh, and TNT will be there to cover it because we are lighting the fuse for freedom. You're watching the Tyler Nixon show. Don't go away. TNT's Abby Roberts. So this is the headline in The Guardian. Pleasure of sex is a gift from God, but avoid porn. Pope advises. What is it with religious people and sex? Isn't there anything else that's, that's, that's more important to worry about? And this is what, uh, this is what Pope Francis uh, say. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it in an Italian accent just to be even more offensive. Sexual pleasure is a gift from God. But Catholics must avoid pornography, Pope Francis has said. The pontiff... Oh, I'll tell you what, though. He was all for giving people lots of pricks during 2021. Bloody hell. mRNA's fine, but just not porn. Abby Roberts on TNT. The Light is Britain's far-right conspiracy theory paper spreading hate and vicious lies. <laughs> No, that's what the BBC say. The Light is the only national newspaper bringing you the real news and informed opinion on what's really going on today. You can subscribe, order copies, submit articles, and read back issues on our website, thelightpaper.co.uk, and see for yourself why the establishment are so worried about the uncensored truth getting out to people every month. The Light Paper. Not for right, just right so far. thelightpaper.co.uk our next steps to space. This time we go back to the moon to learn to live, to work, to invent, to create. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. My guest is uh, someone I've gotten to know over the years as a uh, one of those rare guys who's uh, uh, truly independent of any kind of corporate or uh, governmental, any, any sort of entanglements, uh, a, a truly a, a freelance uh, journalist and investigative reporter and advocate too for for uh, the good, the righteous, the ethical, and uh, he is founder of Crowdsource the Truth. Jason Goodman, welcome to the Tyler Nixon Show. Tyler, thanks for having me, and thank you for that kind introduction. Hey, I think I think you've earned it. Why don't you? I just uh, you know for those who don't uh, know Jason, why don't you just give us your quick background? Uh, you know how what what got you? Because you were you have an entertainment industry background, as I understand it and yeah. uh sort of migrated to become a, a crusader with uh with some of us uh you know inveterate politicos so give us your uh give us your story your background yeah as you rightly said i started out as a cinematographer and a director and i had a pretty lengthy career that culminated in hollywood working on movies like spider-man and x-men and my focus was wow. on stereoscopic technology. So I've developed a lot of 3D cameras and optical systems that are used in the production of 3D. And in about 2013, people probably realized 3D movies kind of stopped being made and the industry just utterly collapsed. My company basically, I mean, 
kind of just stopped doing work. So I, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I had to come up with a new career and my marriage ended. So it was a little bit of a reinvention of myself. And I just sort of came back to New York and uh, was just looking at the political climate. And this was around 2016, you know, when everything started happening with Trump and Hillary. And I was just looking at all this stuff. And it, it I don't know, something just didn't sit right with me. And I kind of got myself, um, I got involved with this guy named George Webb, who I found on YouTube because he seemed to be doing what I had envisioned. And I don't think that I invented the concept of crowdsourcing or anything like that, but you know, I had a knee injury that I was rehabilitating. So I spent a lot of time in the gym, just kind of watching an iPad. And this was where I really started getting into watching YouTube. I mean, obviously it had been around, but I think a lot of people experience this, that your television viewing habits from 2016, let's say to today, I think a large number of people have kind of canceled cable. Maybe they have an Apple thing or a Disney thing or Netflix and they're watching TV like that. And so I just sort of got into YouTube and I you know, got connected with George and I contacted him and interviewed him and started doing work with him. And what I did not realize was that that appears to have sucked me into what can only really be described as a government operation that's been been you know being discussed in cases like Missouri v Biden we just had a, a ruling on a preliminary injunction from that same judge in RFK v Biden now something that a lot of people don't know Tyler I attempted to intervene in that RFK v Biden because I had information that I thought was very important to everybody. That that case, they I, I think that um, Robert Kennedy had sought to make it into a class action, or maybe there's still a possibility that it'll become a class action. So I had moved to intervene, saying that my interests weren't adequately represented in this case because there were facts and details that Kennedy and his co-plaintiffs did not know about specifically that government agencies were apparently the evidence that i have seems to indicate shows i will say that government agencies are using ucos undercover operators and this has expanded beyond the fbi i first learned about the term uco when i read the transcript of the sworn testimony from fbi special agent christopher long who was cross-examined in the trial of Adam Dean Fox. The United States versus Adam Dean Fox was that case in Michigan where the guy is accused of plotting to kidnap Gretchen Whitmer. Right. And under cross-examination, uh, Fox's defense attorney asks the FBI agent if he's aware of this undercover activity and if the FBI hires members of the public to operate online in an undercover capacity and interact with people. And the FBI agent said yes. So yeah. That's sworn testimony that tells us that the FBI is doing it. I have separately found out. Well, we, cer we certainly know that the intelligence community has, has been doing it. I mean, they've been insinuating uh, agents of chaos, double agents, uh, agents provocateur of all sorts within chat rooms and, and especially around uh, controversial topics like the Kennedy assassination. Um, if you're not, you know, a government, uh, if you're not a Warren Commission sort of, uh, you know, official story endorser. Right. Um, you're attacked as, I mean, they invented the word conspiracy theorist literally uh, out of the Kennedy assassination uh, 
um, the the alternate alternate theorists, I guess you could say, or the people, the truth seekers. That was an, a CIA term invented in 1966 because they were getting so much resistance to the uh, official story of the you know single shooter and all that. And you know, I think it's been in Cass Sunstein, who's a um, oh yeah, you know, a fascist uh, professor of sorts and sort of uh, someone who's in that in that retinue of leftist. Um, I, I use the term very loosely intellectuals, but I, I would say self-appointed masterminds who outright wrote an entire uh, treatise basically saying that it is the not only the uh, uh, they have the authority and, and the uh, uh, ability or the uh, they sh like they have a duty, I guess, is what he was saying. Uh, to, uh, the government does, in other words, the intelligence community to infiltrate and insinuate themselves into any sort of, quote, conspiracy theories that would in, in any way challenge the established order or the authority of the government in order to discredit people and in ways that, you know, not not discredit them with facts or truth, but just basically create chaos, create. Uh, and we've seen this in the Kennedy, uh, the, the uh, Kennedy case where. You have these wild, ridiculous theories like, oh, the, the, the driver shot Kennedy or Jackie so shot stupid. Kennedy. In, yeah. order, you know, in other words, to make make people look like ridiculous, like, oh, you're just a bunch of kooks if you, you know, or whereas, you know, there's clearly plenty of reason to believe that that was a uh, uh, there were multiple assassins involved. And, and, you know, this is this is but this is like, I mean, to me, again, they're not talking about bringing out the truth. They're talking about protecting authority. And I think you were probably caught up in that right at the beginning. Uh, 2016 was if, if you, oh, I'll tell you what, we, we got to take a quick little news break here. But I want to ask you if you saw Mike Benz, uh, the interview with that he did with Tucker Carlson, in which uh, I mentioned, you know, spoke of it yesterday, was revealed just an, an, on a scale uh, that I can't even conceive and, and is unimaginable in terms of yeah. censorship and suppression of viewpoints uh, really disgusting i want to get uh, get your thoughts on that and uh, we'll continue this conversation on the other side of the break here you're watching the tyler nixon show on today's news talk turn on the news i have a little news flash tnt radio news For TNT, this is james o'neill the australian government has announced a significant 11.1 billion dollar enhancement for the royal australian navy which will see the navy's warship fleet expand from 11 to 26 vessels by the late 2040s marking the largest fleet since world war ii elon musk has expressed his view that ukraine will not emerge victorious in its conflict with russia suggesting that the prospects for kiev and any potential peace negotiations are diminishing as the conflict continues globalist agendas democratic rights at risk corruption propaganda it never stops for the news and views silenced by the mainstream media by government and corporations vote one tnt radio free speech always has a home here stay up to date with the latest live news and current affairs delivered by our lineup of expert commentators and hosts listen to tnt radio anywhere you go ask alexa or google to play tnt radio or download the tnt radio app for free from the app store or google play today's news talk this is tnt radio right back into it with my guest jason goodman here on the tyler nixon show on today's news talk uh jason mike benz uh you know this guy came out of nowhere but my gosh what he said in his just an hour interview with tucker carlson shocking i mean what are your what's your takeaway what are your uh what are your thoughts on what he said and, and how you fit into it well, the interesting thing is when people like Mike Benz say stuff like the things that he said to Tucker Carlson, 
I'm not shocked because I've been in this for seven years and I've actually spoken with Mike Benz. I've DM'd with Mike Benz a little bit. He's the director of something called like the uh, Online Freedom. What is it? I forget the name of his organization, but he's very uh, yeah, I don't deep know. in it's, this. Yeah, he is. No, it's apparently. And I'm amazed. I, You know, you just think, well, how does he have access? How did he put it? I mean, it, it must have been a monumental and team effort to put all this together <clears throat> because what I, when I say shocked, I mean, I'm not shocked that they were doing what they're doing. I'm shocked at the extent of it and that it involves the military and that it involves the Atlantic Council, that it, that it is so comprehensive throughout the government. He's scratching the surface. He has not even, and I'm not, I'm not diminishing what he said. You're right. It was a tremendous interview. Mike is an extremely intelligent and accomplished guy, but uh, I had contacted him because I think there are large amounts of information related to everything that he's looking at that he's not aware of. And it's interesting because, see, the concept behind crowdsource the truth, it came to me while I was rehabilitating my knee from this knee surgery, because as you're saying, the Kennedy assassination, it's something I was very interested in. So, I mean, I'm doing 90 minutes of elliptical bike every day. I got to watch a lot of YouTube videos and it started to fascinate me the concept that I ask YouTube for a video about the JFK assassination. And then when it's done, it says, well, you know, if you're interested in the JFK assassination, maybe you're going to be interested in the Vietnam War. And maybe you're going to be interested in Watergate. And maybe you're going to be interested in this and that. And so it started to sort of, with this machine learning algorithm that's a component of YouTube, it started to take me through all these different videos. Now, you also just mentioned another important point. One of the videos that I was presented with was produced by a guy who, in my view, did not know what he was doing. This algorithm gave me all kinds of JFK videos, everything from newsreels from 1963, documentaries made by the BBC in 1964, 1965, all the way on up to stuff made that year and including this moron who's making some YouTube show in his basement with a horrible speech impediment and the worst with evidence. with like 18 views. <laughs> well, uh, think, yeah, low, low think, views. Not not that that's necessarily, you know, I mean, look, it's but no, I, I've come across that where I'm like, my God, well, how did I get how did I get suggested this? This really sucks. But here's the interesting part about it, see, because that's that's what you're going to think. Right. But this is this this really triggered me to create Crowdsource the Truth. So that guy's premise was that Jackie Kennedy had shot him and he's using this incredibly decimated piece of video footage of the Zapruder film and the activity in the backseat of the car and some yeah. random artifact that he says is a flash from a gun. It's the most stupid conclusion. You it's her glove. However, he then went on to say that Jackie Kennedy contact because she's Jacqueline Bouvier, right? So she right. contacted some friend in the I don't even know if it was the DGSE, what's the French CIA? She had some friend in the French intelligence, and that guy conducted a whole investigation and wrote a book called Farewell America that I had never heard of until this idiot with the completely bad documentary mentioned it. So mm -hmm. I then got that book, and that book had tons of excellent information in it. So what was interesting to me was the notion that all of this information could come to me through some algorithm or through some process, but then by adding a human brain to it, you could say, well, 99.875% of everything this guy is saying is totally stupid, but this book is interesting. And so then I extract that piece of information and that becomes 
what we work on. But I might not have ever known about that book if I did not interact with this low intelligence person who made that. So the point is by putting these stories out and by taking advantage of social media and the interactive nature of it, where somebody sees it and they can email you or they can chat and comment or you're on Twitter or whatever, it's incredibly powerful because everybody has knowledge about something. And if you can share that knowledge with a large number of people, it sort of seems like there's no mystery that can't be solved. So you were asking me about Mike Benz, and I, I agree, it was an incredibly important interview. Now I have to be careful because he mentioned a person by name who if I mention, I will be in contempt of court. Now it's an unconstitutional sanction, I believe, that I am under, but I don't want to sort that out from inside a jail cell. So just like Arthur Engeron has saddled Trump with this ridiculous $355 million sanction and legal scholars and people can argue about that forever, Trump now has 30 days to come up with, I don't know how the bonding process works, but obviously that's a business. You're going to need to find someone who will accept $35 million or whatever the number is to put up a $350 million bond, which Trump is... I don't know how he's even going to do it because they've assigned some former judge to be this overseer of his corporation. Tyler, do your viewers appreciate the draconian nature of what has been done in the United States of America to a, uh, a, a private sector business by the government? Oh, I mean, I think, uh, you know, I think our viewers are liberty minded people and people from all walks of life. And. Uh, they certainly are well informed, uh, you know, because today's news talk, I mean, we absolutely cover a huge range of topics and have great guests on. But I don't think anybody really can comprehend unless you're uh, right, at, right at the sort of nub of it or you're a corporate, you know, you understand corporate law, you understand the impact and how far reaching that. I mean, it's just this isn't just like a standard fine or you know, or an excessive fine even. They're banning this man from doing business for three years. I mean, it, it is, this is like, this is a leap into complete aut autocratic fascist, you know, Soviet grade uh, or, you know, whatever, just pick pick your, uh, you know, banana dictatorship that can literally just have some some half-assed, half I mean, this the judge is such a, a reprobate and such a degenerate. It's really it's it only adds insult to the injury that they've done to him. That, that it is this this uh, ridiculous old goon, uh, preening sort of a pompous old goon who's who has has to be prompted by his clerk, who's a Democrat uh, activist. Um, <laughs> but 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 that this one guy, this one idiot on the bench can can uh do this much damage to a, to a, a viable company steal this much money from a, a man who has built you know spent his life building up a brand building up uh building actual uh structures and and uh establishments that are are you know it, whether you like trump or not i mean that's a it's it's a very high standard Creating that they jobs. have yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is a definitely a first rate brand. I mean, if you've ever stated or been to any Trump uh, um, yeah. facilities, I mean, they're beautiful. I mean, they're really, you know, it's some of the best in the world. And for this, just sort of like, I don't I mean, it, and what's sad is that he's not he's not deciding on the law. He's not playing to the law. He's not uh, vindicating justice. He's not doing anything but being a little moral preening 
uh, goon trying to like please the crowd that he thinks of all these Trump hating, demented uh, leftist idiots who run around screeching with their hair on fire about how what a you know, orange man Donald Trump um how bad he is and you know and yet you ask them what what, what did he do just name one thing and you know aside no, from obviously aside from obviously the completely fabricated manufactured uh cases that they brought against right. them which are which are a, tr a real travesty of justice they can't come up with anything they can't say anything other oh he said you know grab him by the whatever oh he's racist he, you know all they can do is throw the epithets they have no evidence whatsoever because there is not right. and it's just no, i mean right. that's that's what's sick is, I mean, to, to, to pursue people. And I mean, that's, that's when you're into the level, that's how dictatorships, that's how, uh, tyranny, totalitarian states are formed where people don't care about the truth or reality. They just have it in their mind. If once you're labeled a certain way, that's it. You can be liquidated. They can do anything to you. Right. That's exactly what we're seeing unfold here. And, 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 and these people are sick. I mean, I, you know, there's no, there's no equivalency. It's not a matter of just pure partisan rancor or uh, competition or even zealotry anymore. I mean, these people are demented. They are mentally deranged and it's, it's bizarre. I mean, and unfortunately the, the entire corporate propaganda media has fed into this because they're so fundamentally deceitful and and uh and dishonest frankly and it's and they've done such a disservice they have conditioned entire categories of people uh you know screechy frigging excuse my french uh you know middle-aged white liberal karens running around like oh donald trump you know clutching their pearls and you know with feigning couches ready if he dares say you know i mean it's just and it's it's just like they're willing to burn the world down and torch yeah. everything and we can't have it. We have to stop them. But I mean, they already like, did it though, Tyler. They did yeah, it. Yeah, pretty you, much. You saw the governor of New York come out yesterday to try to do damage control because you see, there's an aspect of this case that I think we might not yet fully appreciate the scope of. And that the is fact, the fact that she's got to admit that they basically crucified this guy because he's a special case alone tells you, you this is a perverse system we don't we don't single people out because you don't like them politically uh well i'm sorry to we got to hold that thought actually for a moment because we have a commercial break uh, uh to get to um you're watching the tyler nixon show here on today's news talk stay with us give me a minute with tnt radio's steve malsberg you gotta love the left-wing activists posing as journalists all over the media who go after Trump and 99% of them you figure really mean it. And then there's Joy Reid who exposed herself on a hot MSNBC microphone. Congressional Republicans love to latch on to President Biden and Democrats' successful policies and take credit for things they didn't do, while tying themselves into pretzels to do nothing for the American people for the sake of Donald Trump. Case in point, Fixing what they say is a crisis at the border. With congressional negotiators continuing work on a bipartisan deal to tie border policy changes to funding for Ukraine. Over the weekend, President Biden said he's ready to take action if Congress is serious about solving the border issue. If that bill were the law today, I'd shut down the border right now and fix it quickly. And Congress needs to get it done. Starting another fucking war. <laughs> First and foremost, rule number one in broadcasting always assume a mic is hot she was a fool to assume that the mic was off number two i guess she really doesn't like joe biden that much if she said he's gonna start another effing war huh i guess even leftist joe biden isn't leftist enough for radical joy reed thanks to the hot mic we know that and 
Don't forget, catch my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on TNT. The challenges our planet's animals are facing sometimes feel a bit heavy. The animals haven't eaten in a day, two days. They haven't drank anything. They're cold, they're dehydrated. But remember, there's good happening right now. At home. All right, we were able to get into your unit and we have all four of your cats. So, uh... Okay. And around the world for any animal, any disaster. Search ifa.org forward slash disaster ready. Clear and concise. This is the Tyler Nixon Show on today's News Talk TNT. Well, I got to say, Steve Malsberg, excellent. Another excellent uh, show host and presenter here on uh, today's News Talk TNT. And uh, the, the, he showed you right there what it, what uh, you know what we were talking about. Frankly, I mean, Joy Reid. You know, it, it amazes me. You consider the thoughtful, intellectual, learned, studied, well studied, highly informed people who were written off and treated as kooks because they were conspiracy theorists because they dared question any official narrative, whether it be nine eleven, whether it be the the Kennedy assassination, and a literal raving lunatic. A completely just, I mean, it's like, where, what, where is your mind? What dimension are you existing on for Joy Reid to sit there? And it means that that was mild what she was spouting there. If you've ever listened to some of her choice clips um, and these people, I mean, they're, they're in another dimension and, you know, it's sad because I think there are manipulators in our government who they're more than happy to have a bunch of manipulable, completely uh, histrionic, hysterical, even, uh, kook kooks and whack jobs like this that they can just uh you know turn into their army their army of witches their their whatever you want to you know fly my pretties fly kind of thing <laughs> like in the, in the uh, wizard of oz um but how do we you know i mean you're doing your part to counteract that jason but uh you've come across opposition i mean what you know talk a little bit about how you've been beset with lawfare yeah well, right. We we started on that. So the started doing shows with that guy George Webb, and um, people who have been watching crowdsource the truth since the beginning will remember this was this made national news. You know, George came to me with a piece of information where he alleged that there was radiological material on board a particular vessel, and you know, using interactive tools, people watching my show are like, "Oh, this ship is pulling into the port of Charleston." and uh, became a whole big deal. Somebody called the Coast Guard, they closed the port. Long story short, it was in the New York Times, it was on CNN, and, and in the seven years since then, I have accumulated so much evidence about this incident that I've come to the conclusion that it was similar in nature to the FBI's plan to jam up this guy, Adam Dean Fox, and accuse him of kidnapping Gretchen Whitmer. In that, I mean, this was a fake plan concocted by the FBI. And I say that because in 2022 or three, five or six years after it occurred, after I had figured all this stuff out, I called Don Wood, FBI special agent who was in all the newspapers about this investigation. And I said, Mr. Wood, when the FBI arrested George Webb the day after this incident and then questioned him and released him, why didn't anybody contact me? This video was published on a YouTube channel called Jason Goodman by a guy named Jason Goodman. You closed down a port. You started a whole investigation. Nobody ever even called me. Why didn't you call me? He got so nervous and uneasy on the phone and basically ended the call. And I would 
have to presume logically that the reason they didn't call me is because this was an FBI operation intended to jam me up and get me yeah. thrown in jail for or causing a bomb hoax. Right, or to discredit you, basically. Yeah, no, exactly. no, no, to no, make no. It was way beyond me because they didn't care about Jason Goodman. I was not important as a journalist at that time. I was important as the poster child for shutting this all down. Because remember, in 2017, nobody was concerned about saying Joe Biden cheated on the election or any of the other myriad things that generally get you kicked off of YouTube or Twitter or whatever it is. And I allege that this incident was staged so that I could be arrested. What they wanted was me on the phone to the Coast Guard saying, hey, there's a dirty bomb on this ship. I allege they would have then played that recording again and again and again on the news, on CNN, right. in the court hearing, as my mother cried in the gallery I, <laughs> and I marched out in an orange suit and given this five years of draining all my money and my family's money in a criminal charge where eventually I would be sent to jail. They would say, you see, we can't have every idiot in the world having their own news show. We need licenses for journalists. We need a disinformation governance board and we need right. to control the information. And, and, that's, and that's what that's what I meant. I meant discredit you in terms of like turning you into just right. you're just a nut that has to be prosecuted exactly. because you're dangerous. You're you're causing public alarm. You're spreading disinformation. And that's exactly what they you know, they I think they that's that's been the insidious. What, as I mentioned, Cass Sunstein, you know, what, it's not a matter of simply just combating misinformation, as they call it, disinformation, these these newly created. Uh, well, I mean, they've been mal around forever, but yeah, malinformation. Exactly. That That's the newly created of the three. Um, but, you know, it's not a matter of simply com combating it, because as we know, the best antidote to falsity is and just as the best uh, antidote to censorship is 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 more more truth or, or more speech, you know, greater speech or, or the antidote, excuse me, to bad speech is more speech, you know, good speech to, to defeat that. But that's not the case with them. I mean, they have to, I mean, they've reached into the realm of they're willing to put out false malinformation, misinformation themselves and disinformation in order to do whatever it takes to counteract uh, um, what they perceive as a threatening narrative. And what's that tell you? It tells you that, you know, they've really warped this into where even the truth, as we've seen, the truth is uh, is something that they'll consider misinformation or malinformation, the actual, you know, lot objective truth. So, yeah. I mean, you know, that's when you have the government essentially arguing and, and uh, or excuse me, putting out information to uh, counteract what is true information. Where are we? I mean, we're we're into Orwell. We're into uh, you know the the Orwellian. We're uh, in a uh, what is it? An empire of lies, or uh, you know, an empire? What is it? The uh, Ministry of Truth. Well, the Ministry of Truth, but in in a uh, world of lies, I guess telling the truth is a uh, is a revolutionary well, act. Right. Is, is the right. is the old saying, and that's you know very much become the case where you look at these someone like yourself who's just out there trying to bring out factual, you know, objective reporting is marginalized and treated like a conspiracy theorist. I mean, they've really, really amped that up. And in addition to at the same time, pumping into the system a bunch of garbage. I mean, complete lies, complete uh, a fabricated reality, a manufactured reality. I mean, everything that's been done to Donald Trump has been a manufactured, you know, every all the cases against him, fraud, you know, like they're just, they're abusing the language to, to and, and distorting it in order to get this guy. I mean, it's like you have They're to have abusing a, the just legal just like, system, Tyler. They're abusing yeah, well, the that, legal well, system. Of course, let, that let, too. Let me give you this because this is important. We well, that, that's a, that, that's a given. That's a given. Yeah, I mean, that, that's no question about that. 
But let me take you back to the Engeron trial, because Judge Engeron has done something that I don't think it's possible Trump doesn't yet fully appreciate. You know, I don't think anybody appreciates the true gravity of this, because in New York, there is a wrinkle. I don't know. Maybe this is true in other states. But in order to do an appeal, when there's already been a money judgment, the appellant needs to put up post a bond, not just a bond. In New York, you have to post the full amount. And by the way, you know, people say, oh, get a bond. I don't think it's that easy to bond $355 million. That's a lot of money to insure. And for well, people you'd have who to have collateral know, of that of that scale. But you also need a, a bond issuer that can operate at that scale. Not everybody can just say, oh, well, this guy yeah. owns buildings, so we'll give him the money. I mean, somebody needs to have this $355 million. Joe's bail bonds can't come up with it. You know, right. Moscone. Drive, drive a truck. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but the point is, the point is people need to back up and look at this thing because we've got a judge here who said, OK, we're going to get a novel legal theory using a statute that's never been charged in this state in this way before. This is like a public. This is a statute that is intended to be used against somebody who's, you know, pretending to be a lawyer, but isn't or pretending yeah, like to actual be a fraudsters who have victims, right. you know, right. Who have not, victims. not to mention that. The, the and, and yeah, yeah, right. And then we're going to have no trial on the actual merits. <laughs> no, trial. Get so the judge, the judge starts judgment. out with a conclusion, you lose and here's the amount. And now you can't even get to appeal. Everybody has this bizarre idea that somehow if you're going to get railroaded in court in New York, everything's going to be fine on the appeal. But the appellate court is made up of all the same judges who used to be on the normal court or in the case of district court in the district court. Now, there's something else interesting that hasn't been spoken about very much on that Trump case. There is a a person who has been appointed to oversee the financial and legal transactions named Barbara Jones, who is a former uh, U.S. District judge. Court judge yeah. from the Southern District of New York. But what hasn't been widely publicized is that this person was also an assistant U.S. attorney in the Southern District of New York from, uh, I think, 1985 to 1987. And during that time, there was another U.S. attorney, assistant U.S. attorney in the Eastern District of New York. Now, for people who don't know, the Eastern District of New York, that covers Brooklyn and you know Long Island and things like that, and the Southern District of New York, that's New York City. However, uh, well, I should say Manhattan, because technically Brooklyn is part of New York City. So there's a uh, perhaps unusual crossover between these two what? U.S. attorney's offices. Right. Was Giuliani Eastern District? I think he was Southern District. Okay. And also James Comey was Southern District. And so what's going on is... Yeah, I mean, let's so face it, that that district many, is, yeah, it's like the, the clearinghouse the for deep, deep York, state. It's, it's not only that. It's a very special cabal. Andrew Weissman, Valerie Caproni, Jack Smith, these people are all coming out of the Eastern District really? of New York. And they had a witness who testified against Trump, a guy named Felix Sater, who was the alleged developer of the Moscow Trump Tower project. Now, this guy testified before the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence, I think in 2017, what? No. maybe 17, okay. something like that, 2019, 2017. He was testifying against Trump. Comes out in this testimony that this guy has been a clandestine FBI asset for like 25 years. He's the one who got Osama <laughs> bin Laden's satellite phone number. 
He's learned things about nuclear missiles in Korea. This is some guy who emigrated from Russia at age six, went to public school in Brooklyn, went to Pace Unit. It's a Brooklyn guy. How does he know about the Mujahideen in Afghanistan? He was like two when stuff was going on in Afghanistan. So there's something very weird about this Felix Sater story. And when I confronted Andrew Weissman at NYU Law School after a public podcast, uh, he had a, an audience in there, I said, Professor Weissman, did the House Permanent Select Committee know about your 25-year relationship with the intelligence asset Felix Sater when he testified for the uh, you know impeachment? And he said he didn't know Felix Sater. And I said, Professor Weissman, why are you lying to a room filled with NYU students? You mentioned Felix Sater 11 times in your book. You said you personally recommended him to Robert Mueller to bring him in as a cooperating witness. So the information I want to drop on your audience here, Tyler. And Weissman had a personal relationship with him prior to that? or Weissman he just signed the cooperation agreement as the U.S. attorney in 1998. And he signed another agreement as the prosecutor for Robert Mueller with Felix Sater in 2017. Hmm. Those two agreements were made public by uh, The Intercept after they conducted a FOIA request. And Weissman says in his book that he personally told Robert Mueller to bring in Felix Sater as a cooperating witness. Felix Sater shared an office in Trump Tower with Michael Cohen. He's been friends. They went to summer camp together or something like that. So it's such a screwy concoction of Brookings Institution rejects Eastern District of New York U.S. attorneys, Southern District of New York U.S. of attorneys. This Judge Valerie Caproni, who was in the Eastern District, she eventually became the FBI general counsel. And Weissman says in his book, she was his mentor in the Eastern District of New York. Weissman becomes FBI general counsel after Caproni. Yeah. After Weissman, general counsel at the FBI, is James Baker who when Trump passes the executive order that says you're not allowed to censor Americans on social media, Baker leaves the Lawfare Institute where he's been working because he was fired from the FBI because he got jammed up in the Sussman prosecution. So he's right. working for, for Lawfare Institute or R Street Institute, one of these think tanks that's a deep state scumbag retirement program. But Two he weeks. ends up at Twitter. Two weeks after Trump issues this executive order saying you can't censor Americans on social media, he becomes the deputy general counsel at Twitter and he remains there. He's there on November 1st when I'm choked outside of Twitter trying to bring my report, the Twitter coup, to Elon Musk, which would have revealed to Elon Musk that the FBI has seized control of Twitter a month and a half before he knew that. But I got choked yeah. outside the door before I could give him that report. We only have about a minute left, but I mean, I, you point out the fact that, uh, and you know, where can, well, first of all, where can everybody find you? Because you just point out that you were way ahead of that story. And I remember reading it thinking this is explosive and it became the Twitter files. No, those guys have refused to take it. I have tried where can, where, many where, we, where, we got 30 seconds, Jason. You got to, where, where, where can everybody find you? Okay. Odyssey.com slash at crowdsource the truth and crowdsource the truth I wish we had more time. Uh, it's been an excellent conversation. You always bring the heat. Uh, we'll have you again back uh, real soon, Jason. Thanks for coming on. Um, and uh, you know, just keep, keep up the fight. Uh, this has been the Tyler Nixon Show for February 20th, 2024. Free Julian Assange. 
And we are lighting the fuse for freedom here at today's News Talk. And we'll see you next time.